Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. <laughs> hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash one. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H. I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Jones one. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Jaira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. As always, it is my hope and prayer that you find this episode inspirational and informative. On the last episode of Dating with Herpes, I confessed my slip up um, by having unprotected sex and how scared I was that I had given it to my partner. Um, well, it's been three weeks now and all is well. <laughs> He has no signs or symptoms, thank God, but there's more to this story, unfortunately. So that's where I'm, what I'm going to talk about this episode and also discuss when is the right time to have unprotected sex with your partner. So let's get started. So this is another live episode. I think I'm going to be doing live episodes from now on. Um, it's just easier and I'm scared to actually start recording and go through what I did the first time I had this new phone. So I'm just going to do live episodes um, from here on out if I can. Um, If not, then you probably probably won't even know the difference. (laughs) So, but anyway, so let's, let me just jump into what happened since I recorded my last episode. So just to let you know that the madness did not stop after I posted the last episode. Um, nope, it didn't stop at all. Um, as much as I was fighting not to go over the deep end, I dove headfirst into the abyss of irrational thinking and fears. Like I went headfirst. I absolutely let my fears get the best of me. And here is why. To me, there I think there are several levels of emotional trauma when it comes to this virus. I mean, this, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. They're like multiple layers of emotional trauma. I mean, P what is it? PTSD. I think that we really do go through PTSD after contracting this virus. 
Yes, I've learned not to be ashamed of what I have and not being afraid to disclose. But once you have been accepted by a partner, there's another level of fear. And that fear is of transmitting the virus to your partner, how they will react if you do transmit it to them, and if they will stay if they contract the virus. Those to me are my levels of fear. And I feel like I'm not the only one that has this, these fears. Um, with every guy that I've dated, um, and I've been sexually active with, I've had these fears. I've noticed this pattern of fear. And even though I've realized there's a pattern, it's like, there's nothing that can break me from thinking these thoughts. Like, it's like, once you celebrate the first hurdle of disclosing what you have to them, there's another you know, hurdle that you have to jump off across. The, the race isn't over. There's more and more hurdles to jump across. So even though I was happy that, you know, my partner accepted me, I knew there were more things that we were going to have to overcome. So I never totally let my guard down. So I'm going to tell you why I went wrong um, when it came to this situation. I didn't talk to him about my concerns. Even after I posted my last episode, um, I think if I had, we would have, if we had had the conversation, he probably would have put my mind at ease. What I did do and what I advise you not to do, please learn from my mistakes, is that I watched and analyzed his every move. I was waiting for to see if there was going to be like a change in his behavior. And because in my irrational way of thinking, his behavior did change. His behavior did change. Um, and I knew something was, was wrong, which would indicate to me because his behavior changed, it indicated to me that, oh, he must have contracted the virus. You know what I'm saying? And therefore he wouldn't want to be with me anymore because I gave him something, you know what I'm saying? And I guess that's what my fear produced, you know? Because I thought it would happen, his behavior did change, you know. And remember when I um, did the episode on law of attraction, if you put out negative energy, it produces negative results. That's exactly what happened. And it's crazy how you know this stuff, but you forget everything you know when you're going through a crisis. You know what I'm saying? You forget everything. This is not the only situation, you know, when I go through other stuff, I know like, cause you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a, you know, I know the Bible. So I've read the Bible a lot and I know that these things are going to come and what we should do in these situations, but it's still, you know, I forget everything. I still go through all of the motions, which is crazy. So two weeks after we had unprotected sex, um, his communication patterns did change. It changed. And what I would normally get, how it changed is that I, every morning he would send me a good morning text, you know, cause he goes to work before me. And that was the first change. One morning, um, like two weeks after we had sex, um, I didn't get my good morning text. And you know, ladies, we love and live to wake up to the good morning texts, right? <laughs> we love those things. Well, um, not only did I get the, not only did I not get the good morning text, I actually didn't hear from him the entire day, which was something he didn't do. You know, he, he always 
either text or call throughout the day, multiple times sometimes. So that was like, okay, what's going on? That was the first like flag on the field. Like what is going on? But I blew it off at first and um, I kind of counted to him, you know, he's been getting a lot of overtime. So I figured that he was just tired and I would just hear from the next day. But by day two, I really knew something was wrong because I didn't get my good morning text again. And I didn't hear from him um, throughout my work day. And I ended up getting off early. So, um, but I will say this before I continue. Let me tell you how God, how good God is. He tried to send me a ram in the bush before I would even go off the deep end. When I was starting to kind of will started, got, you know, started turning and I started thinking something was wrong. He tried to send a ram in the bush by way of one of my loyal listeners, T, hey T, um, <laughs> um, who sent me an email and tried to reassure me that you know, I hadn't given it to him and that everything was going to be okay. You know, she emailed me and told me those things, but I was already, you know, my wheels were already turning. I was already in motion to jump off the cliff and what's your emotion is hard to stop the momentum. So even though she had sent me an email to try to reassure me that everything was going to be okay, I was already in full steam. You know what I'm saying? So throughout that day, throughout day two, after I didn't receive um, my good morning text, I text him, you know, are you okay? I'm concerned. I hadn't heard from you. Um, About mid through my midday, about maybe 11 o'clock, that's midday for me. um, I still hadn't received a response. So I messaged him via messenger um, because, you know, you can see, of course, if the person sees the message, um, cause I don't have an iPhone, so I don't get the, the received receipts, you know, for text messages. So I sent it via messenger just to see if he had read, you know, the message and I didn't even see him reading the message. And by this time I started thinking, okay, well, he didn't even read the message. So maybe he lost his phone. But even at that point, I was already like, nope. I don't think he even want to pull up the message because you know how you can ignore a message. You can swipe it so that you don't even, it doesn't even seem like you looked at the message. So of course I'm thinking that's what he's doing. (laughs) I'm like already gone. Right. So, um, by the time I got home, I had already texted him. I called him twice. I called him the first night. And then I had also called him before I left from work and um and text him a few times as well and there was no response so by the time I got home which was around 4 p.m um I was already in mode of defense you know I had to throw my defenses up because I'm from experience this looked familiar you know for me like in the past when I dealt with people who said they were okay with the situation with me having the virus Um, But in the end, you know, deciding, nah, I don't really want to deal with this. They get ghosts. So I thought this was what was happening. This was starting to feel too familiar. So at this point, around four o'clock when I got home, I sent him a Dear John message via text. And basically said, it's been fun, but I, I see that you don't want to be bothered. And so basically it was like, 
good riddance, <laughs> you know? And, um, so after that I cried and, you know, like somebody had told me that my dog had died. I mean, I was crying, like boohoo crying. Um, and just gone through all of the motions of being crazy and insecure and, um, just feeling rejected and all of that stuff without even talking to him to see what had happened. Um, because this is what we do. We assume we go off of what we experience. I mean, just as humans, we go off of what we experience and, um, we look for those signs just so that we won't get hurt again. And we abandon ship without letting the you know journey take its full course. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know the last time when it started looking a little rough in the water, there was a storm coming. So to avoid avoid the uh, avoid the storm, we change the course and go back to what we're comfortable to, which in most cases is being by ourselves and soaking. <laughs> so anyway, um, about an hour or two later, after I sent him his text about maybe six o'clock. Um, he called me and when I answered the phone, his, the first words out of his mouth was, why are you trying to break up with me? And it took me off guard, but in my defensiveness, I threw back at him. Well, why are you trying to break up with me? Full attitude. (laughs) Don't even know if that's the case, but you know, I'm just going off of what I had experienced in the past. And so um, when I threw that back at him, he was just like, bless his heart. He was just like, what is wrong with you? What makes you assume that I'm trying to break up with you? And so after he said that, we had a a discussion. I I basically told him, you know, that because he hadn't returned my text messages and the call, I was only left to assume that, you know, he didn't want to deal with me anymore. And, um, you know, he convinced me that was not the case, you know, and I basically, after we discussed that, I basically told him, you know, just from my past experiences, this is what I, you know, this is what it looked like. And, you know, I apologize for grouping him with other people, you know, and he basically told me he wasn't going anywhere and not to worry. And, and I told him, you know, he said, well, why would you assume that? And I said, because, um, just because of my situation. And he was like, what situation? And I had to like break it down to him. Like, because of this, this is why I'm so sensitive when it comes to, you know, responsiveness and changes in behavior and stuff like that. And he explained, well, this wasn't a change of behavior. I lost my phone. And, um, (laughs) that's what he explains to me that he had lost his phone. Um, not really lost it, but he, um, he drives a van but they don't have assigned vans. So it's whatever van is available. Um, and he left his phone in the night before he had left his phone in a van. And when he got to work, that van was already taken. So he didn't get his phone until the van was returned. And it made sense, you know, and I had thought about him losing his phone, but you know, in my craziness, I just brushed over it. So long story short, that's what happened. Um, all is well with me and him now. Um, he, like I said, said that he didn't have any signs or symptoms. I still want him to take a test, um, just so that he can be certain and that we can know 
from that point on that he doesn't have anything and um we'll try to keep it that way right so my question to you is have you ever experienced anything similar to my meltdown <laughs> you know if so I would like to hear from you email me at yahirajoneshope at gmail.com and that is y-a-h-i-r-a-j-o-n-e-s um h-o-p-e at gmail.com or you can um go to my show link and click the button to leave me a voice my message if you're listening via anchor you can hit the message button at the bottom of this screen all right now t i mentioned her earlier she's a loyal listener she actually gave me a topic i did that actually segues from what i just shared with you and what her topic idea was um, is when do you think is the right time to have unprotected sex with your partner And as I told y'all before, I was reading this book or I read this book called The Good News About the Bad News by a nurse practitioner named um, Terry Warren. Now, Terry runs a STI clinic in Portland, Oregon, and she's the resident herpes expert for WebMD.com. How many of you guys have gone to WebMD (laughs) to try to self-diagnose yourself? Well, she's one of the people who answers questions and posts facts about Um, the virus. And um, in chapter eight of her book um, called psychological response to genital herpes, getting to know or getting your head on straight. Terry talks about some of the emotional destructive ways of thinking and how we combat them with constructive alternatives. One of the scenarios um, actually hit really close to home and touches on my recent experience that I just shared with you. So I'm going to read an excerpt um, from the book. And this is in chapter eight, like I said, um, on page 147 and 148 for those who may get the book. All right. So I'm just going to read from it. So she says, when some people are first diagnosed with herpes, they swear they'll never have sex again that the risk of being rejected by someone is simply too great to bear. If you think this way, it suggests there is no way you can stand it if you're rejected. But what about a life in which you remain completely alone? Wouldn't that be in the long run, long run um, be more difficult than risking a possible rejection? If, of course, you desire to have a partner, how would it feel to be 85 and all alone looking back saying, Well, at least I didn't give anyone small blisters on their genitals that flirt up every once in a while. The reality is that once you begin including sex as a partner, as a part of your life, excuse me, it's very hard to simply stop being sexual. The frustration and emotional conflicts that arise as a result of trying to become celibate due to herpes are probably worse than having the infection. It's important to remember that the fear about transmitting herpes will ease with time and a realistic plan to prevent transmission will replace your fears a realistic plan to prevent transmission will replace your fears remember that okay that's just me saying that now um in this chapter of the book she gives um destructive thoughts and constructive and constructive alternatives so under that um what i just read she says Um, And it looks like this is um, a scenario of destructive thoughts. And it says, let's say I'm honest with with a potential sexual partner. 
who turns out to be willing to be with me despite the small risk of herpes transmission. I'd still be a terrible person if I pass along the herpes and ruin someone else's life forever. I can never forgive myself for this. And I actually, this is me speaking, I've actually dealt with this and you guys heard me say this in my last episode is almost verbatim like how did she get in my thoughts <laughs> but um I'm thinking this is what maybe one of her um um patients said or someone may have posted in the WebMD um link so she goes on to say this belief is an example of excessive responsibility for another person's right to make choices. I thought that was amazing that she said that because that's another person's right to continue um, to be with you or to have sex with you knowing that you have the virus. That's their right. That's the choice that they've made. So she goes on to say, it also assumes that herpes would be devastating to your partner. We don't know how this is me talking. You don't know how your partner is going to react to the virus. And I think that's part of the fear. Part of the, we would hope that they would be positive and that it would be no big deal. And based on your um, conversations that you've had with your partner and seeing how you deal with it, that they will deal with it in the same way, or they will have a more positive reaction just based off of how you handle it. But We don't know. And so that's the fear that we have. So a constructive alternative she provides, a way of thinking that she provides is a full life involves taking risks. While I'd be deeply disappointed and sorry if an informed sexual partner contracted herpes for me, it would simply not be all my fault. In fact, it wouldn't be anyone's fault. Other people have the right to make their own choice and take risk. Besides herpes doesn't have to be devastating. Oh, besides herpes doesn't have to be devast- have to devastate the other's lives. My partner has the right to choose to take the risk of getting herpes from me. This is a mutual decision, not mine alone. Right? So that's, that's a constructive way of thinking, you know, that this is a choice that we both made and it's not anyone's fault if your partner contracts it because he made or she made the decision to be with you and you made the decision to be with them unprotected this is something she did together so she goes on to say transmitted herpes isn't the only risk that you'll take in the course of a relationship you also you also risk losing someone in an incompatibility in personalities, there are risks that you'll grow apart over time, risks that issues like money, children, and sex will lead you to conflict, and you just can't solve them. The list is long, and herpes is only one item on that list. It's only one item. So to her advice, um, there's always going to be a risk of losing someone when you're in a relationship. Um, herpes is not the only thing um, that you should worry about. And so that should make you feel better. At least it makes me feel a little bit better. You know, that should, that should help when it comes to dealing with, um, the stress of, you know, giving the virus to someone else. (laughs) Okay. 
Now, as far as when is the right time to have unprotected sex, in chapter three, she talks about a male partner who was 60 years old. He had been married for years and his wife um, has never tested positive for the virus, mainly because they practice safe sex. But now that he's older, he noticed that wearing a condom made it difficult for him to hold an erection. And he wondered if it would be okay if he and his wife stopped using protection. In the book, Terry explained that there was no rule on when it was the right time to stop using protection. She states, if couples decide they want to abandon the tool to reduce transmission, that's completely up to them. And she really doesn't talk too much else about that, especially in that chapter. She doesn't really go on to suggest um, thoughts on um, when it's the right time. But what I feel that Tara doesn't mention here is that what I learned from my own experience, this recent experience, is that communication is the key. When we try to reach or when we try to read each other's mind and make assumptions, it opens up the door to fears and insecurities. So please learn from my, my mistake because that's what happened with me. So I suggest that you ask your partner, how do they feel about having unprotected sex, sex and express any concerns that you might have about having unprotected sex with them? You know, just like how you, I'm afraid to give it to him. If that's a concern to you, then express that so that they can let you know or ease your fears on, you know, that of that happening. Maybe they're not as concerned about it. So if they're not as concerned, hopefully that will ease your fears. Also, I feel like you should discuss STI history. When was the last time they were tested or you were tested? Ask your partner um, how they would handle it if they contracted the virus. Because you know, having the conversation is one thing. And just because they accept your situation, that doesn't mean that they'll actually know how they will handle it if it becomes their situation. So asking them that question will allow them to think about it. Um, will they be honest? Hopefully they will. Um, I don't think you should do this in the heat of a moment. You should take the time to like set aside and just have a conversation. Not when you're about to engage in having sex. This should be, this should happen before you're about to engage in unprotected sex. So, um, yeah, now that, um, Also, another thing that you should talk about is now that you're considering having unprotected sex, you should also talk about whether or not you want children. You know, men don't assume that she is on birth control. I know for me, I couldn't stand using birth control and I vowed never to use it again because it just made me feel mentally off. Like I just didn't feel right when I was on it. So that's definitely something else that you need to discuss. And lastly, Um, You need to ask your partners, are they ready to be monogamous? You know, in this day and age where there's Tinder, people are really getting down. Like they're not getting to know um, their sexual partners. They're just swiping left or right. I never use Tinder, but they're swiping some way and they're just hooking up. You know what I'm saying? So why put yourself at risk of getting any STI if you're not ready to be with just one person? So be safe and keep it wrapped if you're not ready to be monogamous. All right, so this was a quick episode and that's going to do it for this episode of Dating with Herpes. If you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to email me or leave me a voicemail message um, via Anchor or go to my show notes. Um, Yeah, that was a quick one. (laughs) 
Um, but I hope you guys are still enjoying, um, listening to my episodes. Um, like I told T, I need some show ideas. I need some episode ideas. I'm running out on the next episode. I will talk, um, about the book in its entirety. Um, since I've finished reading it, um, the good news about the bad news, um, and share my thoughts on it. And, um, if you guys have anything else you would like for me to talk about, um, let me know if I start running out of show ideas, I probably will not, um, make this a weekly, it'll become a bi-weekly episode, (laughs) um, as this one was, well, this really wasn't a result, um, of me running out of ideas. As you already know, I was going through it. So I didn't feel like doing an episode until I knew what was going on between me and my guy. So now that I am, I have something for next week. So I will definitely do an episode next week. Um, but if I can't think of anything else, I don't want to just be on here rambling because sometimes I feel that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I don't want to feel like that. So if you have any, um, episode, um, ideas, please let me know, hit me up on my email or send me a voicemail message until next time. I'm your host, Shahira Jones. Be safe and God bless.